News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110 is the telephone number. And guys, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. So we've got a special show for you tonight. Scott Hamilton from the WBT Newsroom sat down with the new mayor of Monroe. If you recall, Robert Burns, who is the mayor, won it on a coin flip. It made national news that a town was deciding its mayor by a flip of a coin. And this is the first big-time sit-down interview, really extensive, that he's given anyone, and he gave it to R. Scott Hamilton earlier today. So he's going to address the situation of the flipping of a coin, why he wanted to become a mayor, and then some view it as very controversial, some things that he put on Facebook recently, talking to beta males and snowflakes. So we're going to get into all that. And by the way, it will be the first time that he's addressed his social media post. But right now, here is the interview between Scott Hamilton and Monroe Mayor Robert Burns. What led you to that moment where you said, all right, we're going to enter the race to be from, be mayor today. Let's, let's do this. Well, uh, strictly speaking, this is not something that it, it might seem that way, but it's, it wasn't an overnight type decision. It wasn't like I woke up one morning and said, hey, let's just get into politics. You know what I mean? This has been something that's been on my heart. I mean, when I was a kid, I've told you this before, that I was told that I was either going to be a pastor, a preacher, or an attorney. Okay? <laughs> you know, so um, it's something I talked about with my wife for years, and she was kind of that— she was that voice that was saying, let's not do it. Let's not do it yet. Don't do it yet. Let's not do it. And, um, you know, we were raising kids and our kids are starting to get older and all of these things. And um, she, you know, one day, probably around the end of June, was like, you know what? You should do it now. And that's what I did. I said, OK, uh, jokingly, you know, but also serious at the same time. We said, whatever city we move to next, I'm going to run for mayor. And uh, we had been we've now been living in Monroe specifically for about seven years. And so, you know, I'm in Monroe and I've told people for years what my dream was to do to get into politics. And so when she said it, I went and put my name in the hat. So yeah. what if you had moved to New York? Are you going to run? Against? I mean, Lord willing, man, I don't know. It's it's you know, it, when you have a strong call in your life, I've learned that to run from it is uh, is the worst thing you can do. And uh, this, like I said, I've been told since I was a kid that this is something that uh, almost destiny or what, um, you know, God more than likely has a plan for your life in this arena. And so, you know, I thought I was going to be a pastor at one point. I went back to school, got a degree from Liberty University, um, and uh, I thought I was going to do that. And, you know, the Lord had different plans for me. So, you know, built my business up. We do audio video technology stuff. Um, not just in the Charlotte area, but all around the country, you know, smart homes, businesses, churches, all those types of things. We do have a media side of things, so that kind of helped. But all of these moments kind of started building and ramping up. And, uh, yeah, so when she said do it, I, I started to do it. I think what even pushed me more to it, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about this too, was just the culture and political culture also uh, all around this country. And, um, you know, there's things that, you know, have been happening for I mean, years, just the political environment that we're in right now. And, um, I, you know, a lot of us, I'm a conservative. I've always, you know, I started off running that way, um, conservative, Christian, and Republican. And I never shied away from any of those things. And so when uh, my wife and I, we were sitting there talking about it, um, I joined in, and that's what I ran as. 
um, and uh, and just looking at the culture from that perspective, looking for strong men and women who are principled individuals to get in. We wanted to do it, you know. So, so you you run, yeah, and it comes down literally to a coin toss. I mean, yes. think think about that, Robert. You I, you Google your name, yeah, Robert Burns Monroe Mayor. And I pull up all these articles, coin and these are these headlines all across the country. <laughs> North Carolina town decides mayor via coin toss. Via coin, coin toss. toss decides mayoral race in North right, Carolina right. community. First of all, what is that like, knowing that all this work you put in, last minute, but it's still sure, yeah. it's a lot of work. And, you yeah. know, you, when, the thing is, when you when you run for something like this, you, you right. are forward-facing. You put yourself out there for That's public right. ridicule, mm-hmm. scrutiny. Absolutely. You're an open book. To know that all the work that you put into it because you had this calling comes down to a coin toss. What was that like at that moment? I mean, you see it go. Did you see the coin go up in the air? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It you could have you could have blown me over at that moment. Just a little tiny gust of wind. Um, uh, it was kind of surreal. I remember in that moment when it happened. Uh, you know, speaking to my opponent. Uh, you know, I we were just kind of we didn't want to keep Monroe on the edge of their seat. And it was amazing because for that whole week he had been winning by one vote, one vote. And, uh, and when we, when I was asked, you know, what are you going to do if it comes down to a coin toss? And it, and it was funny because that started making the news too. And so they asked me, Hey, are you going to, you know, what are you going to call? I'm like, I'm going to call heads. I'm going to call heads. I had probably said that at least three or four times. And so, after all the provisional ballots came in and all of that stuff, uh, all the vo- all the votes got counted, we were a tie. And we just kind of looked at each other across the room. I had a lot of supporters in the room. We just started kind of chuckling. And we're like, okay, you know, this is, I mean, you could not write a movie like this. You know, it was just unbelievable. Well, um, fast forward, they said, okay, well, we can do the coin toss today, but if you... Um, uh, you know, write off your vote to have a recount, okay, or your right to have a recount. And uh, neither one of us jumped and went and spoke to the to each other, and we were like, you know what? I, I sat there and I said, okay, that's the right thing to do. And then thankfully, you know, he said he, that was okay. And so when they came in, they said, okay, so now we are going to do this coin toss, look at the coin. And then they said, okay, but we don't have a provision for who calls it. Now, all week long, I'm saying I'm going to call heads. <laughs> I walk up to him, and and uh, I'm about to call it because he's not going to call it. You could tell that he was a little, you know, I don't know what to do. And I just looked at him. I said, okay, you make the call. And he said heads. And when, you, when he said that, I turned away thinking, I just gave it away. And so the coin went up. Man, it felt like it was in slow motion. It came down and hit a table. It rolled around to our side of the no. room. It did. And it rolled at least 30 feet. And, uh, I mean, and it just, and then it rolled in a circle in front of us. And everybody's jumping out of the way. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And then here we are. It rolled. It was tails. So, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Longest coin toss roll or whatever in the history of the world. Man. So you just shake hands and yeah, I went over there and you know gave him some props a little bit, you know, and I mean he's a good sport about it. It's a you know is a God thing. You know I, I don't I don't know how you can't see how that all played out. And there's a lot of people who are going to hate me even saying that, but it's the it's the stinking truth. I I, I look at it from the perspective that. We did everything we possibly could 
um, all the walking, all the talking that we did, all the forums and and uh, and promotions and the media stuff that I had done and all of these things. Again, I only did this for four months. Everybody else, um, you know, had been doing it for years. I mean, as a matter of fact, he's been he's ran quite a few times. And um, and so he you know, I think that that's actually what, you know, causes a little bit of uh, confusion, maybe even in our race or in, you know, what's going on in Monroe right now, too, is, you know, it's like, dadgummit, this guy is brand spanking new and um, in, in this political arena, and uh, he won by a coin toss. But uh, it, it's a God thing to me. It's, it's something that it just confirms my calling. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Robert Burns, and he talks about some of the new things coming into Monroe about, like, massive pay raises for the uh, police department and uh, some other people as well, some new HR stuff. And then don't forget, we're also going to get into what many view as controversial posts that he put on Facebook talking about beta males and snowflakes. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going to continue our extensive and exclusive interview with Monroe Mayor Robert Burns. Now, Robert Burns has not really done many sit-down interviews, if at all, to be honest with you. But if he has, nowhere near to this extent. So now Scott Hamilton from our WBT newsroom is talking to him about some of the new changes that are coming to Monroe, including a massive pay raise for all police officers. Anything big coming up or something that you're planning on accomplishing maybe in the short term, next three months, six months? Sure, sure. Well, I'm actually incredibly proud of what we just did as a city council, entire city council. We gave a significant uh, pay increase to our police department that puts us on a level where Monroe will no longer be a stepping stone for police, but be an end game for them, where they can come and they can start and finish their career. And and I'm very proud of what we did. We gave a $3 an hour raise to every sworn officer. And we gave a $1.50 raise to every person who is not sworn. That means like, you know, back in dispatch and stuff. Everyone, regardless of rank. We then incentivized for them to um, get their immediate certification. Uh, intermediate, sorry. Intermediate certification. That's after the BLET program. $1,500 bump per year to um, their base salary, okay? And then an advan- and if they get their advanced certification through the city of Monroe, then we give them another $1,500 base bump as well. So for some of those officers, that's a $10,000 raise that they got last week. And every single city council member agreed to this. That's a huge step. But what I'm even more excited about, too, is a little thing. And this is what I was hoping to announce today, that a lot of people might not have uh, noticed. There was a an HR change in our city. OK. This is something that I had been pushing and working with the chief of police. And I heard like within the first week from him and uh, and had talked with our city manager to get done is a massive change. And what that is, is a lateral hiring program across multiple municipal across municipalities. Now, as a business owner, like a lot of these policies and stuff like, you know, that we have, it's easy for us to make those changes. But it's not necessarily easy for a municipality, a, 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 a city or a town or something like that to make. Right. 
and these are policies a lot of times that are in the city of Monroe, like or, or cities our size, are um, they are years behind from like 1970. And until last week, the city of Monroe never acknowledged the the years that you worked in other municipalities. Okay, so that if so, it became incredibly difficult for us to hire employees across municipalities. If you, for instance, that goes all the way down to if if we needed a new, which we do, a new airport director. Okay, and if you were if you worked your way up through, because that's what it constitutes as, if you worked your way up and you worked for the city of Monroe for five years, and then you wanted maybe for a couple dollar raise, you wanted to go to the city of Charlotte and work at their airport. And you worked there for three years, but then you came back. We would not honor that three extra years. It sounds silly, but the city of Charlotte taps out, I think, around eight years. We just changed the HR policy where we can hire qualified individuals and will honor their time that they've spent in other cities with no cap on years. Okay, so if a qualified individual worked anywhere else for 15 years, and we needed that position, and they were qualified individual to do that. We would honor that time that would constitute their position, their pay, their PTO, their vacation hours, all of it. Does it matter if it's out of state? Uh, I, not, I do not believe so. I do not believe so. I don't, I, it's, it, there's no time. Now, here's the reason why I say I don't believe so. I don't know the answer to that completely, is because... Um, a lot of that has to do with the retirement program in the, in the state of North Carolina, okay? So all the PTO that they hire, the 401K retirement plan, all of those types of things. Now, that matters for the police department, and we tucked it in there with that because uh, the chief of police had come to me and the mayor pro tem and, you know, many of the city council and said, listen, you know, it takes 18 months for us to hire an officer and get them on the street, right? And most of the time those are... Like I said, they're working their way up. And I need officers today. So now by doing this, those officers, we can get them on the street within three months. You know, a lot of places, but a lot of places will bring somebody in, train them, and then they go somewhere else. That's the problem. Yeah, if I'm working at a a municipality uh, in another state (laughs) and I retire, can I move to Monroe and get a job there and double dip? Man, man. Uh, There's got to be some teachers do that a lot in different places. All the time, all the time. Well, I know that, you know, per state, because you're a city employee or you're a state employee technically, I know that those programs, so there might be something there. To be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that's within state. And so that matters a lot because that helps us drive other positions also inside of the city. Things like in code and, you know, code enforcement. So we can like we have an awesome, beautiful, historic district in downtown. We can now look at other positions and bring people in so we can now fill those roles much faster and we can get things done in our city. And it's little things like that that I'm excited about. And there's a lot of cleanup and things. But all shout out to our city manager, his staff. And they're killing it, and you know, and we're working very well together, so I'm excited for the future. Some really interesting stuff there. But the final segment with the Monroe Mayor Robert Burns coming up next, where he talks about what many view to be very controversial statements that he made recently on his Facebook page, where he singled out beta males and snowflakes. We're going to talk about that when we return. It'll be the first time he's addressed this situation. But right now, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Anna Erickson. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen going up until 8 o'clock. So 
Here's a moment a lot of you have been waiting for. So earlier in the month, Robert Burns, the mayor of Monroe, put out some controversial statements or at least something that many viewed to be controversial when he single-handedly called out beta males and snowflakes. And for the first time ever, he's going to address what his post meant and who it was aimed at. He's sitting down with our Scott Hamilton from the WBT newsroom, and here's how that went. You're getting some heat now. Yeah. For some things that you put on social media, or maybe just one thing. Clarify me. Was it just one post that has riled some people up? Because <laughs> uh, there, there, there are some different reports out there that you <clears throat> threw out there. You were saying, and I'm going to quote your post. Please. Dated first of the year. This is your New Year's Day post on it. Facebook, yep, your official right. Mayor Robert Burns Facebook page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To the narcissistic beta males and snowflake complainers, just a reminder, you just keep reminding me why I'm doing what I'm doing. Thank you. Happy New Year. Cheers. I'm going to give you an opportunity now to address this. First of all, mm-hmm. who are you directing this to and provide context to what sure. you're trying to communicate? Well, it's funny because it's obvious who I'm directing it to, and that's narcissistic beta males and snowflake complainers. But anybody in particular, do you have a name? Do you have somebody that you're like, you know, it's this person on city council or it's no. Joe Blow? No, no. You know, because of my stance, see, the one thing about me that you'll get is um, I'm the same person behind closed doors in this, con- you know, us talking now. You know, I'm that same person always. Okay. I ran from day one, day one, as a conservative, Republican, and a Christian. Okay. That is who I am. As a matter of fact, some people said, hey, you might want to tone down the Christian talk even when you are speaking, um, you know, first, you know, uh, the very first part of my election. Okay. Or the first part of campaigning. But it was important for me to let people know where I stood. That's my backbone. Because my biggest hurdle wasn't an individual. My biggest hurdle was getting my name out and name recognition. Okay? I am that same exact person every time. I'm not some polished politician. I mean, I'm not, I mean, sitting here today, I'm not wearing a suit and tie. I'm not hating on that because, you know, a lot of good men and women, they dress up and they do. That's not who I am. And I think that that's the message that resonates the most, okay? So first and foremost, who am I speaking to is exactly the post written to. Like, the narcissism, it, I mean, we, we can even break it down like this. Narcissistic beta males. Okay, well, first and foremost, I could literally make a post about serving in the community, And there are people who have hated me from day one based off of the way that I ran my campaign, being a, uh, you know, conservative, Christian, Republican, hated me from day one. And they could take that post that I put out there and somehow flip it and make it about themselves. I could literally say the sky's beautiful today. Enjoy your family. Oh, you hate everybody. You hate Monroe fascist and all this other stuff. And, you know, Scott, it's it's incredibly fascinating how that is the definition of a narcissist is someone who redirects the energy in the room back to them. So that's who I'm addressing. The beta male, uh, you know, is a comment to those the reason why I ran. 
And that could be across multiple parties or whoever is th- those, you know, I'm literally a citizen for, you know, 40 years of my life and wondering where in the world are these men who are going to step out in boldness, willing to take the heat to do what is right and um, protect our families, um, you know, protect our children, protect goodness gracious, look at what's going around right now in our country, protect our country. And that's who I'm speaking to. And then then keep going. Snowflake complainers. A snowflake is legitimately someone who can't take any heat. And and so, you know, I've had groups of people reach out to me, you know, and say, keep going. Republican, Democrat, gay, straight, Christian, non- I'm not speaking to any other person than those who got offended by my post. That is legitimately what is on Facebook. And it's hilarious kind of on the back end because um, it seems like those who identify as snowflake complainers and pain emails are the ones who answered. And so... I know that there might be some that are like, man, he's going to catch some heat for that. But once again, I'm not some polished politician. I'm going to call things the way that they are. And, you know, we are doing really good things right now in Monroe. And to direct and or redirect that type of energy constantly back to them is ridiculous. And, and, and here's an example of that. Okay, there was a, um, a lady um, that I, I know. And um, her mom passed away not long ago. And uh, she, just a sweet family, giving, caring individual. She'll give you the shirt off her back, okay? I mean, her entire family's like this, all right? And her mother-in-law right now is suffering from dementia. And so she started a ministry just just over the past couple of weeks. Started getting a lot of good press on on this as well. And where she had given her mother-in-law a baby doll. She had her for the day, and so she gives her this baby doll, and her mother-in-law, who has dementia, and she's treating this like a baby, something to take care of. She literally lit up the room, and she goes, she takes her back to um, the nursing home, and, um, and there were some women there who saw that she had a baby doll, and they all lit up, and they all started talking about it. So, um, so Haley is her name was like, you know what? I feel bad that these women don't have baby dolls. So she goes to these, um, admins in these nursing homes and said, Hey, can, can I provide some baby dolls? And they literally were like, well, sure. What, how many do you have? And they're like, or, you know, Haley asked how many women are, are there? And she says, well, you know, there's about, you know, 16 or 20 on the hall, whatever. And if you don't have enough, that's fine. And Haley's like, no, I have a big God. I believe that I'm going to do, you know, something about this just resonates. So she goes back and starts posting this all over Facebook. Okay. In a matter of days, she has hundreds being shipped from Amazon to her house. Out of her pocket. Who's paying for this? So she posts all over Facebook about this, and people get word what she's doing. And they're paying for it, and they're ordering paying it, and for sending them. And sending them to her home. Yes, they're paying for them, ordering them, sending them to her home. Okay? And so she's now got a house full of baby dolls. 
And so much so that my family and I want to get involved and we want to do that. So I mention it on Facebook. She's legitimately doing good. That's the epitome of the people in Monroe. Okay? Like, I have been so impressed walking around and just having, you know, that's what we bring. That's what me and the new council brings. That's the new mayor pro tem. That's what we bring. That type of leadership, right, that, you know, um, I want to bring where we can give back to the community because it starts from the top. And here we are. I announce it on Facebook. Shoot, even another post later about um, how my family and I, we went and we delivered those dolls. It was an incredibly precious moment. And once again, the narcissistic and you're going to hate me for saying if you're if you're listening and you identify as such, but the narcissistic beta males and snowflake complainers made it once again about themselves. And that's who I'm addressing it to. But it's plain and simple. The, the reality is, is to me, though, Scott, it's all smoke and mirrors. OK, they are trying to distract people from actually what's happening. And in Monroe, there's a whole new level of energy. We have an incredible administration. The people, the staff of our city genuinely cares. They're invigorated and excited for what we're doing. We just did some awesome stuff in our city for our police department that there are others that want credit for that. But it was our chief of police, who is quite possibly the best chief in the entire country, in, in my personal opinion, because he, he genuinely cares, and all of his captains. We have um, our city manager, I mean, down to our city attorney, everybody, all of these people are genuinely caring. And that smoke and mirrors readjusts and tries to redirect the energy, but we're not falling for it. And I'm not playing that game. I'm laser focused and getting things done in Monroe. So that's the whole story. And I'm sticking to it. And, you know, they can. You know, get fired up. You might want to eat, grab a box of or a bag of popcorn here in a little bit, and and watch what happens. But it that's the constant energy that they're trying to do, and and I'm just not playing that game. So yeah. Well, honestly, you can tell that Monroe Mayor Robert Burns didn't hold back because he just gave about a seven minute answer. But hey, at least he's not giving non answer answers. He's not pulling punches. He's being brutally honest the way he sees things. And that's what you want out of a politician. I'd rather someone give me an answer, whether you agree with it or not, than give me a non-answer answer. And he did not do that. He gave a real honest answer as he sees it. All right, when we come back, I want to play for you because it is Panther Friday and there's big news that happened, obviously, yesterday with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to play for you some sound bites of what people all over the country, national media people, are saying about the Carolina Panthers' new hire, Dave Canales, as head coach. So that's coming up when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on the final segment of Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Friday night. Okay, so Panthers Friday. Let's get into some of that big, obviously, changes yesterday with the name of the hiring of the new head coach, Dave Canales. Well, if you listen to local news, you're going to hear a lot of different things. Sports talk, you're going to listen to me. But I want you to hear what people are saying nationally. And first up is Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports about the hiring of Dave Canales. What is he going to do for Carolina? Well, hopefully fix all of the offensive problems. And look, no coach 
can simply fix them. That's not just what Dave Canales, uh, that can't just fall on his shoulders. That's going to fall on the personnel. They're going to have to figure out that offensive line. They're going to have to get younger and get more speed at wide receiver so that they can get more separation because so often Bryce Young was throwing to guys who were very well covered. They're going to have to figure out the run game, probably overpaid for Miles Sanders last offseason. And then Bryce, you hope that he didn't develop too many bad habits. The truth is, toward the end of the season, he was developing some bad habits. You have to get rid of those. So that's going to be number one for Canales is making sure that Bryce can shake last season um, because toward the end of the season, it was not very good for him. So that's priority one. Dan Morgan and that front office staff, priority one for them is figuring out and fixing uh, and giving Canales the pieces on offense so that the Panthers don't have to relive what was uh, the worst season that they had had in nearly, uh, you know, at least a decade. And now here's a soundbite from the Pat McAfee show between him and former NFL head coach Chuck Pagano. Dan Morgan was in Seattle. Canales was in mm -hmm. Seattle. They kind of cut their teeth together, know each other very well. Obviously, with what Baker Mayfield was able to accomplish this year and the success that they had, put him on the radar for jobs. Him and Morgan, good tag team over there. Feels like that's another place that's going to have to change their culture and mindset going forward immediately. Match made in heaven, right? So they spent probably seven years together in Seattle. So obviously, they know each other. As soon as Dan got this job, you saw this name come up. You saw him go in for the interview, second one. So you kind of put two and two together saying, okay. Because we talk about it ad nauseum, about the head coach-GM relationship and being tied at the hip and being aligned. Same thinking, philosophical, whatever it is. Yeah, so this is this is a home run for for Dan Morgan and the Panthers. I no, think. they got a lot of things to figure out down there. But Greg Olson said, who lives in Carolina, former Panther, he's in the city, would like his kids to cheer for a successful Panthers team. He said Dan Morgan is a guy that you would put faith in to turn around an entire program? Absolutely. And finally, here's big-time NFL reporters from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, and longtime NFL reporter Peter King. This was a job for which there was no clear front-runner because people didn't know who was going to want to go work for David Tepper. And when you see the reports of a six-year deal, teams give out six-year deals when they're trying to change the narrative that we fire a lot of coaches and we're not stable and we're dysfunctional. Look at how Tepper has gone through coaches, both with his football team and his soccer team. And it doesn't keep him from firing Canales during his first season if he chooses to, but he's going to owe him a lot of money if he does, Peter. You know, a couple of observations here. Okay, so America doesn't know Dave Canales, and I, I don't know him either, really. But the one thing that I think, and I'm going to underline this word because you shouldn't use this word lightly, but the one thing I believe is urgent, capital U, capital R, G-E-N-T, is that David Tepper hands this team to this new head coach and he says, I'm going to stay out of the way and I want you to repair Bryce Young. Okay, but because let's, let's just see, here's what you're thinking right now if you're Bryce Young. Nine months ago this week, you're Bryce Young, you were drafted to be a Carolina Panther. First pick in the draft, nine months ago. And at that time, your head coach is Frank Reich. Your offensive coordinator is Thomas Brown. Your offensive assistant 
you know, sort of uh, the uh, cooking the broth is Jim Caldwell. Your quarterback coach is Josh McCown. So that happens and that stays that way for most of the season. And then Frank Reich is the offensive play caller. Then he hands it to Thomas Brown. Then he takes it back. Then he gets fired. Thomas Brown takes play calling back. That's how you last the rest of the season. At the end of the season, everybody gets blown out. They're all gone. So now you have a new head coach. So you have almost, you've done as much as you could to ruin the first pick in the draft. First, by not having a good enough offensive line to keep him from running for his life on every pass snap in 2023. But you've done enough to damage him in the absolute yo-yoing of a coaching staff and of play calling, of play designing. What you have to do right now is say to Dave Canales, listen, you're the guy, you pick the staff, you handle this guy, you repair the most important person in this franchise. This is your job. And that's what David Tepper had to do when he gave him the six-year contract. It was a smart move. Quite frankly, it was the only move. And Canales has the history of working with shorter quarterbacks, Russell Wilson in Seattle, Baker Mayfield this year in Tampa Bay, and now he's the guy who's going to be charged with fixing Bryce Young. Some really interesting comments there. And by and large, most of them think it's a pretty good hire. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. We're going to do this all over again next week. So until then, have a great weekend. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.